0: Welcome back, guys. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah, we are still alive.
1: Mallory's barely alive, but she's with us today. Yeah, I'm actually regaining my life still. But actually, I feel great now. My voice is just a little fucked up still. I was sick for like, almost three whole weeks, pretty much. Yeah. We were supposed to come back in January. And then I had to dog sit. And then... I got sick right after that. Yeah. Actually, like, the day before I think we were supposed to record, I was like, I'm not so sure I'm doing so well. Oh. But we're back now. We're
0: feeling a little nervous and awkward. (laughs) Well, I am anyway. I'm like, what do I even
1: say? And I'm like, just be yourself. Just be yourself, okay? (laughs) I'm burning alive right now. I'm so sorry. No, it's probably because of the beer, too. Oh, yeah. We're at my house tonight recording. Sips. Yeah. I so let me just tell you guys what (laughs) this week has been like for me. So I had a story because we were supposed to record a month ago, basically. Mm -hmm. And I randomly was it Thursday or Friday, I don't remember, but there's this website called All That's Interesting that I get some stuff from sometimes. And I saw one of the top headlines was the story. And I clicked on it, and I was like, "Holy fuck! I want to do this story way more than what I had because what I had is was like kind of a it was on my list to do, but I wasn't really psyched about it type of thing. So, and it just so happens that a Netflix documentary came out yesterday about this story, which is probably why it was at the top of the page on that website. But anyway. So I thought it was good timing and I Perfect. fucking did nothing but work and bang the story out. So in the last few
0: days, I'm so excited too, because Mallory kept texting me like, I need to tell you about this. I can't believe,
1: I can't believe I have to wait to tell you about this. I know. I hope that I didn't oversell it, but it's really fun. And crazy. I'm so excited it's to hear really about, about it. And I, immediately I was like, I have to talk to her about this immediately. So I've been waiting patiently.
0: Awesome. Well, I don't even think we said, this is rabbit hole, oh, happy hour right. I podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Ashley. Uh, I'm Mallory. Well, is there anything new with you since we last recorded?
1: Besides a lung infection? Um, well, we, the last time we recorded was October, so holidays were stressful. Yep. Wanted to die, basically. hmm I know yours were probably even more stressful because you had people staying at your house, but...
0: Oh yeah, we hosted Christmas. So oh,
1: God. I mean, I love doing that,
0: but it's also just wild.
1: Yeah, I had to work on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, so I didn't go to my. Well, actually, we our family had our big Christmas thing like at December 9th. Oh it was, like, yeah, way early. It was, That's it was really depressing. Weird. Yeah, and then I just went and spent the night at my mom's and got up at four forty five and worked Christmas morning and to the afternoon. So. yeah did not um oh (laughs) i'm gonna rant about this again the fireworks on christmas eve what are we doing people stop i was so pissed because i was not able to sleep a because i had to sleep with my mom because she (laughs) has no room in her house and b because people wouldn't stop shooting fireworks like really close by on on christmas eve in the middle of the night yeah
0: oh my god
1: like at two in the morning still too like That's crazy insane and i was like i have to work at 5 a.m i like almost got out of the bed and drove around to find them <laughs> I was like, Oh my god! so angry <laughs> like i don't care if you shoot fireworks but just maybe cap it at midnight yeah something like that please god jesus christ god anyway i slept better on new year's eve for some reason i guess there weren't close by fireworks at my house man the only thing I can really well just working out being yeah fit trying to I've got some muscles now that I didn't have before yep Brent gave me a back massage today and he was like either you have really your muscles have gotten bigger or you have a really big knot and I was like those are my muscles (laughs) those are my muscles right there
0: I don't want to brag, but me and Mallory, look really good. We've been
1: on a fitness journey. Yeah, it's getting a little tighter. We'll see. <laughs> I still have a ways to go, but, okay. but you look amazing, oh, by the way. Thank you all. You really do. So, yeah. Yeah. Work has been crazy, too, but it's just because so many people dying. apparently have been dying or we're getting sent. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but you'll need to cool it.
0: If you're new to the podcast, Mallory deals with tissue donation.
1: Yeah. Of dead people. I, every time I get a phone call, because I they call us to tell us about the donor and then we say yes or no. I'm like, I'm just, I am just sit in my chair. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> 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 because I'll get a call when I'm trying to, because we have to balance other crap, like trying to ship out the tissue or getting the supplies to the, to the partners that do the recoveries and stuff. On top of other stuff, like I have to do invoices and, and grading the tissue and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, it never fails. When I'm actually trying to do something, the phone will fucking ring. Mm-hmm. And then when I try to continue doing it, the phone will ring again. And then when I get distracted, <sighs> I'll just, like, sit there and go on Google Maps for a while. <laughs> but then when I'm like, oh, I need to, I probably should get started on this, the phone will ring immediately. I'm like, why? Why stop is it dying, like y'all. Stop dying. I don't get it. But, yeah. Yeah, please stop. <laughs> Actually, don't stop entirely, or else I wouldn't have a job. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just slow it down a bit. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Mallory, you're fired. Everyone's <laughs> living too long. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Uh, that would be so bad because oh, that just. I went to Costco today, not by choice. I had to. <laughs> tutor forced me to go in with him, and I like actually left and walked out because I was like about to have an anxiety attack. I hate it. That is. Yes. One day a, I, Costco can trigger a panic attack. Eventually,
1: and, there's going to just be too many people in Costco. Like yeah. there's
0: going to be too many people in the world.
1: Yes. Yeah. Especially during COVID when like right when it started and like then I don't know, it was when I went to Costco the most cuz it was right down the road from me and I just like people wouldn't stay the fuck away from me. Wouldn't like they just had no no regard for they anybody. They just like whipping and nane around those corners with those yes. huge carts. They're so big. I don't get me wrong. I fucking love Costco because Mm. I love the stuff that I can get there, but I do not like going in. I don't. I would prefer Brent to go do that. I hate Costco. I, when I was a kid, we used to, I think it was like Sam's Club or something we went to instead of Costco, but I saw a TV show. I don't know if it was the news or like what. I don't think so. Cause actually I think it was like a soap opera or some crap. That this guy went into one of those big walk-in freezers and got stuck and froze to death. And (laughs) I was deathly afraid of going to Sam's Club after that. Oh, my God. And I would put up a fight, like, every time my mom wanted to go to Sam's Club, I was like, no, don't make me go. Don't make me. Oh, my
0: God. Uh. Tudor loves it. I even bought him a Costco t-shirt because he loves it so much. Oh my god, is it Kirkland's signature (laughs) No, it's just like says Costco? Costco. (laughs) Yeah, I got it on Amazon. Oh my god. I'm like, here you go. And he like wore it. No, it was like a sweatshirt. And he like wore it out that same day (laughs) to like a restaurant and stuff.
1: Oh my god, God, that's amazing. That's hilarious.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. Opposites attract, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I might rock a Costco to that shirt. I mean, I would wear a Costco shirt. Just don't like, you're not going to catch me inside.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like going, but I like getting the stuff that's there, so I force yeah, myself to I go. Yeah, I like a bunch of toilet paper. I like some toilet paper. I, I like, like some egg bites. not having to buy trash bags for months. That's nice. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Anyways, Costco, sponsor us. <laughs> Except for We So We Hate You. We could kind improve of. your experience in store
0: limit the amount of people that you allow in. (laughs) Yeah. And how fucking dumb they are too. No.
1: Yeah. I think that might have something to do with the area we live in (laughs) too. Oh my god. Shall we get started? Uh, I'm ready if you are all right. We're we're drinking tonight, but it's not themed because I literally had like no seconds to even think about what to I looked a little bit but I couldn't find I couldn't find a freaking beer from the local area that this takes place in mm-hmm. that is available here. I feel like I would have had to do a lot of research to figure that out anyway, but because there was nothing obvious, but I couldn't find like a themed cocktail that sounded good either. Mm-hmm. Every cocktail I find has ginger beer in it, and if you've been listening the whole time, you know I've overused ginger beer. Yeah. So, we're over that. So, we're just drinking Dragon's Milk, which I knew was a beer that Ashley liked, so... yeah. <laughs> Also, we haven't, well, I haven't personally been
0: drinking lately that much, so yeah. I'm hoping I that this goes well. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. I, think, <laughs> I think we'll be okay.
1: Don't disintegrate by the end okay. of <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll edit around you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. I do want to still, I, I want to give a disclaimer because I did throw this together so quickly. I, I used a few sources The case file episode on this case is really good. And then, so I used that and then some articles the day before the documentary came out on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And then when it came out on Netflix the next day, I went and watched that and added all that stuff to it. So the thing about this case is there's so much that happens And it's over a span of like two years and each source that I had didn't really put it all in the same order. So it's kind of like all this stuff happens within two years and I don't really know exactly when it all happened within that two years. Right. So I'm just going to give it to you the way it kind of made sense to me and the way I kind of wanted to narrate it. So just keep that in mind and keep in mind that I did throw this together and three days, but I, I think I, I think I did a pretty good job. <laughs> nice. Given that it's just, yeah. Anyways, I don't need to explain myself. Just you always <laughs> do a good job. Mallory. <laughs> anyway. All right. So Dave Krupa, he was a mechanic at a truck stop. I couldn't figure out where he worked at this first place, but it was around the year 2000 and he met a girl named Amy Flora. She actually was just hired at the truck stop that Dave worked at, and Dave immediately liked her. And it turned out she liked him too, and they started dating, and they fell in love uh, very fast. They had two kids together eventually. They never got married, but they had two kids together, and life was good. They ended up working opposite shifts, though, at the truck stop, and they started to see less and less of each other, and they started to drift apart. And then they eventually split. They were together for a total of, I think, about 10 years. Oh, wow. When they split, Amy decided she wanted to move back to her hometown of Omaha, Nebraska. And this is where I was trying to find fucking beers from. There's Omaha Brewing Company, but that's Omaha, Georgia. Oh. For some reason. I didn't even know there was an Omaha, Georgia. Nothing that I was looking at, like all the cool ones I saw that were like Omaha breweries. I could not find mm-hmm. it here online anyway. And I was not about to go to every liquor store that I could find. So anyway, Omaha, Nebraska. So Dave did not want to be away from his kids. And I, like I said, I don't really know how far they moved from because I couldn't figure out where they did move from. But he ended up moving to Omaha as well to be close to them. So he started his new life in Omaha. It was 2012. He was 35 years old and pretty much starting his life over. You know, life was a little lonely in the new town, except for, you know, his kids and and stuff. But he got a job as a mechanic in an auto shop, and he got his own apartment. And pretty soon, he started trying to put himself out in the dating world again. He decided to go the online dating route. And I was wondering, is Plenty of Fish a Christian? I don't think so. Oh, it's not. Okay. Uh For some reason, I... That name just makes me think it's like uh, a Christian like date. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christian Mingle, maybe, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he went on plenty of fish and made a profile. He wasn't really looking for anything serious at this time because he just got out of a really long relationship with, you know, his baby mama. So but he just I mean, it'd been so long since he dated. He kind of wanted to see what it was like and date around for the first time in a long time. So he made a profile and at first he didn't get any matches at all. But a few days later, he looked again and he had one (laughs) and it was a girl in the Omaha area. And her name was Liz Golyer. Liz had a cleaning company and she loved animals. She had two dogs, a cat and a snake. Dave thought that she seemed really fun and cool and they had lots of things in common, like sci-fi, action movies. They both loved heavy metal music. And Dave had a motorcycle, and she liked motorcycles. And they both had a son and a daughter, and I think they are around the same age as well. So mm-hmm. they had that in, in common. And they were both, well, they were both lonely. So they started dating. They met up for their first date, which was the first date that Dave had been on in years and years and years. He was nervous, but Liz was smiley, energetic, and they really hit it off. Despite this, though, Dave did make it clear to Liz that he didn't want to be tied down right now. This Mm -hmm. was just casual. So one day while Dave was at work in October of 2012, a young woman brought her black Ford Explorer in for some minor work to the shop. Dave's initial thought was dang, she's good looking. Oh, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And they smiled at each other. But that was about it. Dave didn't make any moves, didn't ask her out or anything. Because he was actually the manager of the shop and she was the customer. And so Mm. he was kind of reluctant to even go down that road. All right. So Good on you, Dave. Yeah. So that was that. For all he knew, he would never see her again. As fate would have it, Dave would see her again. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Car trouble. (laughs) He was actually scrolling dating profiles again one night, and he came across her profile. He recognized her from when she came in. Oh. Her name was Carrie Farver. Dave was like, wow, this is freaking crazy. And he sent her a message, and it just said, hi, I know you. And she replied, hi, I know you too. Oh. I know. It was kind of weird. I guess they made a
0: real impression. Maybe they I would have never remembered someone that I just saw at a freaking
1: mechanic place. I would gaslight myself and be like, that's not them.
0: That's not them. I just would never remember anyone like that.
1: Oh, you're talking about like her remembering him.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe he just maybe fireworks are just going off. Yeah.
1: They didn't make any immediate plans, but Carrie ended up returning to Dave's shop a few weeks later to have something else done to her explorer. And then at that point they exchanged numbers and they made the plans for a first date. That's kind of cute. Okay, so I don't want to rag on Dave too much, but name a restaurant that's a deal breaker on a first date. Like if someone took me there, I it would be yeah. like nah. Yeah. Red Lobster. Okay. That's Ruby a good Tuesday. One. <laughs> Outback
0: Steakhouse. Um, what's the one with the Bloomin' onion? <laughs> Oh, that's out back. That's out back. Uh, You're thinking
1: of the um, TGI. awesome blossom. Yeah, <laughs> TGI true.
0: Fridays. Any of those.
1: The one you didn't name, Applebee's. Oh my god. That's where they went. I feel like Applebee's is the worst of all of those.
0: Yes. There's that even that song about Applebee's. It's just awful. Awesome.
1: <laughs> what song are you talking about? Oh
0: my god. Applebee's? It's like famous. It was like, I'm Applebee's on a date night.
1: Wanna... Oh, 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 I think I know what you're talking about. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm sure I heard that and threw it away in my brain. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> the they went to Everett i in, in, in the neighborhood. neighborhood. <laughs> so they went to Aplebes. Aplebes? And... <laughs> 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 I heard that on one of those. It's like a, it was like a TikTok or something where somebody has their parents, like, like Hispanic parents pronounce major brands. That's so funny. (laughs) The guy said a (laughs) plebes. Anyway, so they went to Applebee's and to be fair, I mean, it wasn't serious, serious, I guess. I'd still be kind of mad that he took me to Applebee's, but... Carrie was not looking for anything serious either. Dave and Carrie both made it clear to each other that this was just whatever, Uh fun. On this first date, Carrie told him that she grew up locally in a small town. She had a kid when she was pretty young, her son named Max, and then she went back to college and got a really good job as a computer programmer. Dave and Carrie ended up going home together after the first date. But something awkward happened. Liz ended up showing up at Dave's door that night while Carrie was there. And she came by and she was like, I just need to get something out of your apartment. Well, there's kind of an... Wait, Liz? Liz is the first girl he met online. Okay. With heavy metal. Heavy metal, motorcycle, loves animals. Yeah. And she was like, I need to get something out of your apartment. So she got it or Dave got it for her, I'm not sure. But Carrie and Liz did not talk. It was just kind of like... Yeah. Weird, you know? Then Liz just left. So, this part was really unclear, too. I don't, I don't really understand what happened after that, but apparently Carrie left at some point that night and went home. I don't know if she got weirded out or what, but Dave called her after she left, and then she ended up just inviting him to her house. And so, I don't know if you know, but Omaha is on the border of Iowa, and... The other half of Omaha, basically, when you look at it on a map, is Council Bluffs, Iowa. She lived just outside of that in a town called Macedonia. So anyway, Dave went over there. He was a little nervous maybe that he had blown it. But when he arrived, Carrie said, look, we're not boyfriend-girlfriend. We're not monogamous. And we're not getting married. This is just fun. So Dave was like, thank God. Guess I didn't fuck it up. Yeah. (laughs) So Carrie and Dave actually ended up spending a lot more time together after this, partly because her office was actually just a few blocks from his apartment, and she lived about an hour away from her office. So Dave was like, oh, you can stay here during the week if you want. Yeah, that's Um, nice. Yeah, so they hung out a lot after that. But it was about for about two weeks. So on November thirteenth, two 2012, about two weeks after they met... Dave got up for work just like any other day. Carrie was there. She was on the couch with her laptop and phone. I'm not sure if she, I don't know. Maybe she just didn't have to go to work yet. But Dave said bye to her on his way out. And at around 10 or 1030 in the morning, he gets this text from Carrie. So the text said, let's move in together. And Dave was really confused. Uh. Yeah. They had talked about this, that they weren't serious. They'd only yeah. known each other for two weeks at this point. Oh, my God. I mean, she'd been staying there, but still, he had no indicator that she was actually thinking about this because they had established... Yeah. they And that's also something you don't just, like, text to someone no, while they're at work. weird. Uh, so weird. So he replied to her saying no. Like, you know, no. I thought we talked about this. It's not going to happen. And then... She went off. She, like, just a barrage of text messages. Fine. I hate you. Go away. You've ruined my life. Fuck you. All oh this my stuff. God. Crazy. So Dave was like, well, you know what? I guess I'm dodging a bullet here. I'm glad yeah. it happened sooner rather than later. We're going to just end this well, one. Well, is she still <laughs> in your house? So when he got home that evening, all her stuff was gone. She was out. So... I, that's weird to me too, because you'd think she would like hunker down in his apartment and be like, let's talk about, about this. this. <laughs> I'm staying. I'm, I'm moving up. in. <laughs> no, I don't know. Ugh. But yeah, she was gone. All of her stuff was gone. Dave didn't hear from her for a couple of days, but then she started back slowly and then ramped up meaner, ruder, more threatening, just kept fucking harassing him And it would be a variety of different things, like, I hate you, to I love you so much, we should have babies, and everything in between. Oh, my God. Just unhinged. So, one day after this text harassment started, the sheriff actually came by Dave's shop looking for him. They asked him if he knew Carrie Farver, and told him that Carrie's mom had actually filed a missing persons report for Carrie.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Carrie's mom, Nancy Rainey, had gotten texts from Carrie saying that she was taking a job in another state and asked her to take care of her son, Max, for her. What? Yeah. Nancy also started getting messages on Facebook from Carrie saying, quote, I'm not missing. I just don't want to come home right now. And quote. I love you all very much, but I need time. Nancy told the sheriff that Carrie was recently diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And she had stopped taking her meds previously because she didn't like how they made her feel. So, of course, the police were like, well, she stopped taking her meds and she went off the deep end. But they still went to talk to Dave. And Dave showed them all the insane messages that he'd been getting from her as well. And that kind of sealed the deal for them that this is a bad breakup. Carrie is mentally unstable. She is going nuts. Man. And just doing whatever the hell. So Liz and Dave were still seeing each other Mm -hmm. at the same time. And Liz ended up coming by Dave's in the following weeks. And she said she wanted to show him her car. Dave went out to look at it and saw that it had been keyed really deeply. But that wasn't all. Liz had gotten a text from a random number as well. And it said, quote, I will do more if you don't leave Dave alone, whore. Wow. <laughs> Let me guess. It was Carrie. Yes. Her number. She ended up, I'll explain this later, but she ended up using many, many different numbers, many different emails. Like she just, oh yeah, that's crazy. And then of course, Carrie kept texting Dave saying she is responsible for destroying us and I'm more diabolical than a few scratches on a car. So police, like I mentioned, they were Treating this as a routine case, you know, that they were dealing with some kind of jealous ex-girlfriend, possible stalker behavior. (laughs) I mean, but it was very quickly apparent that this was not just possible stalker behavior. It is Mm -hmm. full blown, mentally unstable, creepy, a hundred percent stalker behavior. One day, Carrie sent pictures to Dave of the inside of Liz's garage, Liz's garage. She said, Liz left the garage door open. Dave hurried over to Liz's house and he saw that there was spray paint on the wall that said whore from Dave. That doesn't even make sense, but (laughs) whore from Dave (laughs) or whore from from Dave. (laughs) Love Dave. Yeah. I don't know. And it seemed that Carrie had (sighs) also stolen some checks out of Liz's garage. Also don't keep checks in your garage. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Liz called the cops and filed a police report. And then, naturally, Liz was extremely stressed and worried for herself and her kids after this. Because, I mean, her home had had been invaded. Holy shit. Yeah, that's right. She has kids. She has two kids. Oh, my God. She has two kids. And then Liz, of course, now turns to Dave and she's like, you brought this bitch into my life. Like, what is going on? Yeah. You know? So Liz wanted to know how to carry her number. Dave didn't have an answer. No idea. How did he she get her address? Like and Carrie continued to message Liz saying things like, You're a fucking whore and a home wrecker, Dave's mine, I love Dave, all this stuff. It was literally two weeks. Two weeks. <sighs> Dave felt horrible that Liz was being harassed because he dated this other woman. He wanted to try to protect her, and eventually, because of that, they actually got closer and their relationship rekindled. They spent a lot of time together, but there was always Carrie with them. Not with them, but with them. Yeah. They would often both get messages at the same time when they were together, like sitting on the couch, watching TV. Their phones would just start blowing up at the same time. Carrie would give her tired line that Liz was a fat, ugly whore and she would never leave Dave alone. And they eventually nicknamed her Crazy Carrie. So texts from Carrie for the first several days came from her phone number like I was saying but after that they started changing she started using multiple other phone numbers I guess also as Dave and Liz were probably blocking them and Dave said that she used up to like 40 plus other phone numbers holy crap
0: how do yeah. you even get that many no- numbers I, I
1: in the documentary they said she was using like Multiple apps that will like you that will give you like temporary phone numbers. Oh my god! The, they like I guess they're a burner like they disappear after a while. I don't know. So Dave would block one number and she would just switch to another one. Same with emails. She would write under all these different weird names and she would like like one of them she made Carrie Lee Krupa, which is Dave's last name, mm-hmm. and he would get upwards of 125 emails a day. <sighs> just insane. Like I would. I don't know. I think I would leave the country. (laughs) Oh, my God. Honestly. (laughs) What would I do? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I would do. Oh, my God. Because there's no... Like, he couldn't escape her. And he, at least a few times, had changed his number, too. And she still found it. Wow. I don't... Yeah, I don't... I
0: cannot even imagine what I would do. Like, just... Lock myself in a room and cry
1: all day. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, really. And it better be a room with no windows because Dave once made a report of Carrie messaging him with particular details of customers he was talking to standing right outside of his shop.
0: Oh, my God.
1: She messaged him, quote, every whore you talk to, I take pictures of their license plate. I don't care if they're just customers. I will go after them. One message just said, quote, unquote, watching, and then she would sometimes attach photos of his home and car. And she would call hundreds of times a day to his work, tying up the lines. And she just like hung up. She never spoke. Oh, my God. What do the police do about this? What do they do? <sighs> I, not a whole lot because they couldn't find her. That's the other part of this, which I'll get into in a minute, is she was impossible to find. This is sick. Yeah. She also went as far to vandalize his shop. She spray-painted Dave Beats Women on the front windows of his work. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Dave almost lost his job. I don't know how he didn't. (laughs) I mean, poor fucking guy, dude. So one of the detectives with the Omaha PD decided that he was going to stake out his shop one day to see if he could see somebody watching from anywhere. He was there all day and didn't find anybody. He got a photo of Carrie and went door to door in the area asking if anybody had seen her and nobody had. Some of the messages from Carrie to Dave described what Dave was doing and wearing at the moment he received the messages. For example, one said, quote, I see you in the chair with your feet propped up. You're wearing your blue t-shirt, which he read while he was doing exactly that. Ugh. And he got others saying, I saw you take your trash out right after he took the trash out and just creepy, creepy, creepy shit like that. He would run outside looking for her, but he never saw anybody, found her, anybody like never, never found her. And then Carrie started insisting that she was pregnant with his child. And one day she sent a message saying that she was now living a couple buildings away from him in his apartment complex. It said, I'm staying at 11618 Burt Street, apartment 12. So he went outside to go see if he could actually make contact with her. And he walked around, he went down the row of the apartments on that street 9, 10, 11. But that's where it stopped. There was no 12. There's no apartment 12. It didn't exist. He felt like he was going insane. This woman was fucking with him hard. And this is even worse. At 1230 a.m. on January 6th, 2013, Dave got an email from Carrie that had an attachment of a photo of a woman with dark hair curled up in the trunk of a car with duct tape over her mouth. What? He said he couldn't really see her features and the message said, you will do exactly as I say and then I will let her go. She said that she had abducted Liz and was holding her hostage. She told Dave to call Liz's phone and dump her via voicemail. And then Liz would play the message to Carrie to confirm that he had done it. And then Dave was supposed to get back together with Carrie and then she would let her go. Oh my God. <laughs> fucking Crazy. The weird thing though is to Dave, he looked at this image and he was like, this looks like a stock image. Uh, yeah, it didn't yeah. look like a real Yeah, like an kidnapping. actual photo. Yeah, it was probably like some stage. Like, I oh, can imagine how God. stupid it looked. iStock.com. <laughs> yeah. Probably even had the watermark. <laughs> oh, my God. No. So he didn't actually end up taking it too seriously, but he did try to get in touch with Liz, and she didn't reply. But he was like, I mean, it was 1230 a.m., so he was like, well, she's probably sleeping, so... Yeah. He just called her the next morning and she answered and thank God she was fine. So Dave and Amy, which is his kids' mom, were still pretty close. And their kids went to Dave's on the weekends. So not naturally more. Yeah, like, exactly. What? Exactly. They they knew about, you know, Carrie threatening Dave and everything. And Amy was like, Oh, well, we're not doing this anymore. You have to come to my house to see the kids if you want to. And he was like That's fine by me. So Liz went over to Dave's apartment one day and I guess he wasn't there. I think she had a key to his place. And she found that on the wall above his bed, written in lipstick was go away whore. And then her clothes, some of her clothes that she had left there had been slashed with a knife. That's horrifying. When Liz told him about this, Dave said that he got a text that day saying, she will die. No one can stop me. So the detective on the case at this point felt that he had sufficient probable cause for an arrest warrant for Carrie. But that is all he could do at the moment because he could not find her. She was impossible to find this whole stock. Like this, the constant messages, emails, weird shit happening. You know, all this went on for two years. Oh, my God. To Liz, Dave, Amy got tech messages as well. Oh, my God. And... They couldn't track IP addresses
0: or, like...
1: So, I don't understand why they didn't do that at this point in this case. They eventually did do that. Yeah. And that is how they figured the shit out. But... At this point, no, they did not for some reason, or they didn't have somebody that knew what they were doing. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no clue. It, it baffles me that this went on for two years. Well, since there's
0: not like a freaking actual murder, or like I don't know. Yeah, there's just like this is it's a we can't use resources for that crazy
1: person that's just you know harassing and yeah I don't I don't know, but I mean two years, Dave, yeah. Dave. Paranoia became his life because he was being followed, constantly messaged, Oh, you're wearing this right now. You're like I mean, he had no privacy, none. She would message him things like, I can still get in the building, or I put my ear up against your door and I can hear everything, and I'm oh watching my you. My God. Yeah. What horrifying Horrifying. Ew. It's terrible. Oh. I know. <laughs> I'll let you know if I see a face oh. in the window. <laughs> this is why I was so intrigued by this case. It's so creepy. Oh. But also there's other stuff. Anyway, so Dave ended up just, like, going to the bar all the time so that he would be in public yeah, and then other people. fucking... So he could drink his fucking problems away, man. Like, just shut his brain off because he really felt like he was going to have a mental breakdown. Yeah. I mean... Oh, my God. You I know what I would already. do? I
0: would have a mental breakdown, and I would go to a, like, facility and stay
1: there. You know what? That's actually a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Because you would be protected. Yeah. Yeah, I would just be like, all right, I'm sending myself into it's a mental like, breakdown.
0: Look, <laughs> accept me into your facility.
1: <laughs> Please. Before. I go yeah. Crazy. Or maybe I would commit a crime and just go to jail. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what? I think about how nice it would be for someone to take care of me in prison
1: sometimes. I... <laughs> I feel like I told you that before. Like, I feel like I need to go to prison. I feel like I would be a better person. You would thrive. <laughs> yeah. I would get swole. Yep. I would lose weight. You'd I find would find God. I would read a lot. <laughs> <laughs> find God. <laughs> I would draw and stuff. Yeah. I'd start a club. Yeah. The Beanie Baby Club. <laughs> the Beanie Baby. I don't think they allow Beanie Babies in jail, though, unfortunately. Um. All right, this is when shit gets real. Oh, my God. Dave was at work one Saturday, and he got an urgent phone call from Liz. And she said, my house is on fire. Dave rushed over to her house, and sure enough, he saw two fire trucks in front of her house. And the fire was out by that point, but there was smoke everywhere. I'm going to leave you all a cliffhanger for the break, although I know for you listeners, it'll be five seconds. But (laughs) it's time for a break. (laughs) We'll be right back. We'll be right back. (laughs) Okay, we've returned. (laughs) Okay, so we left off. There's a fire at Liz's house. Luckily, Liz nor her children were in the house at the time. Because actually, they were in the process of moving. And they were at their new house. But her pets were still in the house. Oh, no. And her two dogs... Her cat and her snake all died in what? the fire. The fuck? All died from smoke inhalation.
0: Oh. Horrible. Horrible. Oh my god.
1: <sighs> so sad.
0: Oh my god.
1: So fucking sad. So Liz ended up finding a message that she hadn't seen. It was sent at that morning before the fire had been discovered. And it said, quote, Nasty whore, Dave doesn't want you talking to him anymore. He wants to be with me. We are trying a new relationship. We have had sex recently. He loves me and always will. He doesn't want you back, you nasty fat whore Liz. Hope you and your kids burn to death. Oh my God. Dave also had an email that read, quote, I am not lying. I set that nasty whore's house on fire. I hope the whore and her kids die in it. Whoa. Crazy. This person sounds like they are like 16 years old. And the way that it's fucking written, I wish you could see it. because I mean, like, I don't have images of it or anything, but it's just like no punctuation. Like the whole line. Like, that's why I had trouble reading it earlier. So, yeah, it's just weird. So, when Liz spoke to the fire department investigator, she told them she knew who did it. And, of course, her suspect was Carrie Farver, who had been harassing her for months at this point. And she told them that Carrie had repeatedly texted her saying she wanted to kill her and her kids. Oh, my God. And I'm going to play something for you. I'm
0: there's been some problems going on. I want you to tell um, me about that. The guy guys, I've seen as
1: a girl for two weeks and
0: she's been stalking me since November do you know her name it's Carrie she kept texting me telling me she wanted to kill me and
1: my kids okay it's pretty obvious this is an intentionally set fire what about my uh,
0: animals the animals are I know that they're the, all dead but the humane society
1: is going to take care of the animals sorry I just wish she would so that was liz talking to the fire investigator so the fire investigators searched liz's house there were different piles of clothes throughout the house and the fire was determined to have originated at one of these piles of clothes it was quickly apparent that this was an arson as there were cans of gasoline and lighter fluid present in the same room The only reason the flames didn't engulf the entire house was because all the windows were actually closed, which prevented the oxygen from sustaining the flames for a long time. And Liz had told the fire investigator that her lighter fluid and gas can were usually in the backyard and apparently had been moved. So Liz took what she could from the house and she moved into her new house. And she told Dave that she was not going to give him her new address because she was scared that Carrie would find it and do something worse. Dave obviously understood, and he actually followed suit. He moved as well, (laughs) and he changed his phone number, and he even got a new job. He wanted to rebuild his life again away from Carrie. I wonder, did he tell... Liz, where he was moving to? I don't know if he told her. I know she didn't tell him where she was going, but yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I had to include this. So two years later, after all this time, two detectives from the Pottawatomie County (laughs) Sheriff's Office. Pottawatomie. Pottawatomie. Jim Doty and Ryan Avis specifically requested to be put on Carrie's case. So this is Jim. He, he's who he is. He's (laughs) owning it. He's owning it, actually. He's got a cowboy hat on always. And his, uh, you can't really see it here, but he's got a shit ton of fringe on this jacket. And then in this other picture, he's got a a loud, as my grandma would say, a loud shirt, (laughs) a loud top, (laughs) a loud top, a loud blouse. Um, and he's got like a super handlebar mustache. And then this is the other guy, Ryan Avis. They actually, so they work together. They're BFFs, which is so cute.
0: I love that.
1: And they heard about this case and they were really intrigued and like obsessed with it. And so they actually requested to be put on the case because they were like, this shit is fucked up and no one is doing anything about it. Wow. And they, and they were put on the case. So, yeah, they saw, you know, it's a crazy ex-girlfriend going to extreme measures of harassment and stalking. Yet, no one has physically seen her or heard her voice in two years. That's crazy. So, they were like... And she has a kid. This ain't adding up. Yeah. his Her kid was with her mom. Yeah. She went crazy or whatever, apparently. Yeah. So... They're on the case. Meanwhile, Dave starts trying to date again. (laughs) I don't know how, but... Oh, my God. He makes a profile on another dating site, and he started talking to a new woman. Things were going well. They chatted a lot, and they set up a date. (laughs) I'd be a monk at this point. I'd be like, I'm going to be... I would never date again. Living in this monastery.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. For real, I think I would probably just go to Tibet and... Just live on Mount Everest, be a Sherpa. So they ended up setting up a date, and they were going to meet at a restaurant. So Dave arrived first. He waited. He waited some more. He waited some more. An hour went by, and he got a text from her saying, quote, I'm coming, but I'm running late. An hour later. Oh, my God, no. So he waited some more. He sat there for a while, and then when he was absolutely convinced that she was not coming, he gets another message from her, and it says, This is Carrie. Fuck you.
0: Oh my god.
1: Ah! <laughs> that is horrifying Isn't that crazy. Uh... Mind fuck.
0: Oh my god.
1: I can just hear like the dramatic movie sound effects, like when he realizes, like, "Oh my god, this is scary!" Oh, Fuck you, like, "Oh my god, oh my god,
0: why would you ever put yourself back on a dating app?"
1: After that, I would be done. Yeah, I'm sorry, no,
0: absolutely not. I
1: after that, actually, I don't know that I would trust a single person ever again, Mm-mm. honestly. And from there, it just—I mean, it was bad, and it just kept getting worse. Amy's a target of Carrie's. She kept. She sends messages like, wait till I cut her throat to Dave, talking about Amy. And she sends messages to Amy, such as, I could get rid of you. And then she started talking about her and Dave's kids, or involving her and Dave's kids, because Amy and the kids went to a park one weekend. And while they're there, Amy gets a text from her saying, Ryan's on the slide, and you're pushing Lexi on the swing. Ugh. I would vomit. Yeah. One night, Amy also got a text from Carrie saying that she was going to slit her kids' throats in their sleep. Holy shit. Isn't that fucked up? Uh, And Amy's son, this is so sad that he had to do this, but he ended up starting to sleep on the couch with a baseball bat because he was so scared. Poor boy. I know. So Dave's dad ended up buying him a 9mm pistol out of concern for his security. Dave wasn't really a conceal and carry type of guy, so he put it on the top shelf of his closet so that his kids couldn't really reach it, but he could grab it if he needed to. So, like I said, in two years, Carrie had not been seen physically, and no one had heard her voice. When detectives Ryan, Avis, and Jim Doty were interviewing people, No one had seen or heard her at all. Only texts or emails. So Detective Avis and Dodie were like, well, these messages, emails, and texts are not really proof that she's even alive. We really need to look into the possibility that someone is posing as her because something might have happened to her because no one has seen her. No one has heard her voice. Like, it's just text and digital communication. And they went back and looked at the original investigator's photographs of Carrie's home because they actually I guess went in and took pictures after her mom reported her missing and they saw in the pictures that her closet was still full of clothes all her belongings were still in the house her bed was made a coat was still hanging on the chair they looked at her bank records there were two transactions made a couple days after she was last seen in person and then there was nothing after that oh my god that's horrifying yeah and how do you survive without money? And it wasn't like, it didn't seem like it was like she took out a bunch of money, yeah. you know, that type of thing. So Detective Doty went to talk to Nancy, Carrie's mom again, and he disclosed his thoughts that Carrie probably didn't leave of her own accord. And Nancy agreed, and she was relieved that he felt the same way. She was thinking this as well because Carrie had missed several big life events that she'd never would have normally missed. So just her son's 15th birthday and her own father's funeral. Oh my God. There were also other weird occurrences. Nancy had noticed there was a new profile named Carrie Farver on Facebook. The profile photo was of Carrie and her dad. And there was a post that said Dave and Carrie had just gotten engaged. And there was a photo of a stubby hand wearing a ring which looked nothing like Carrie's hands because she had long, skinny fingers. Mm -hmm. So Nancy was like, someone is pretending to be my fucking daughter. Oh my God. Someone's stubby hand? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. And Carrie's son agreed because he also had gotten a message from that new Carrie Facebook account. And it said, quote, Hey, little man, how are you? And he was like, She never called me little man. What the fuck? And he was really unsettled. And so he didn't even reply at first. And then a couple of weeks later, he, he had thought about it and he went back onto Facebook and decided to ask some questions. And the questions that he thought of were, What was the name of our first boxer? And who was my best friend growing up? Things like that.
0: Oh my God, smart kid.
1: I know, but to no surprise, the account never replied. Right. Quote unquote, Carrie messaged Nancy at one point telling her that she sold her bedroom furniture online and asked Nancy if she could let the buyer in the house And Carrie's bedroom dresser was an antique that belonged to her grandmother. And so her mom thought it was extremely out of the ordinary that she would want to part with it. So, and I don't know if they ended up, she ended up actually doing it, but that was just another kind of red flag. Yeah. And then Nancy also reported that she had a dream one night that her late husband, Carrie's dad, appeared to her and told her not to worry because Carrie was with him.
0: Oh my god.
1: So, yeah. So, Nancy was pretty much convinced that she was dead. Oh, my God. There's also something weird that happened a couple months after Carrie went, quote, unquote, missing that I haven't mentioned yet, kind of on purpose. (laughs) So, January 10th, 2013, a few days after it had snowed really heavily, Dave was driving around his apartment complex. Not sure really why he hadn't seen this before, but... He noticed that there was a car in the parking lot or SUV that didn't have the snow cleared off of yet. It had like a foot of snow on it. And he looked closer and he was like, this looks really similar to Carrie's Explorer. Mm-hmm. And it was an Explorer. So he called the sheriff and they ran the license plate and they confirmed that it was her vehicle. They ended up taking it to the police impound and processed it. They didn't really find anything. So... At that point, it was not anything but a, like, missing person or, or, like, stalker harassment investigation. So they didn't do everything they would have if it was something more serious. But there was a mint tin in the cup holder in the front seat. And they were able to lift a fingerprint off of the mint thing. And they ran it through the database at that time, but they didn't get any hits. But her car, I guess, had just been left there. At some point. Yeah, like after
0: he left for work that day, maybe, and like, remember? Yeah. And then, exactly. Oh
1: yeah. I think it probably never moved after yeah. that. Yeah. So, because this was largely a digital case because of the hordes of messages, Detectives Doty and Avis brought in their other pal at work, <laughs> Special Deputy Tony Kava. He works in the IT department and he's also a digital forensics expert. And he's also like a volunteer police officer or something. He was the one that started looking at the IP addresses. So he saw that Carrie's IP address was being concealed by a ton of different services, VPNs, proxies. Oh, my God. He said even sometimes she would go to like use the Wi-Fi at McDonald's and stuff like that. Wow. (laughs) And then he actually, he was like, I need to narrow down these IP addresses and see like what's being used the most. Most commonly and if he can find any that were not like concealed by VPN and stuff. So he actually wrote a program that he needed to find the IP address and he named it Dex. (laughs) He's really funny. He's like he even says like in this in the Netflix documentary that he's like on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and he's just like super smart and he's kind of funny and like he's just he's a cool dude. And so anyways, he was trying to find a pattern in all of the chaos of all of different IP addresses. So he had a list. He said it was millions of IP addresses that Carrie had sent messages from. I don't know how that's possible, but that's what he said in there in the documentary. So he asked the program how many were unique, and that narrowed it down to 13,000. And then he asked for the top 10 IP addresses, and eight of those were VPN services. The top one that was used, I guess, most commonly was 174.71.6.113. It was an IP address connected to a house in Council Bluffs, Iowa. It was the home of a man named Todd Butterbaugh. Tony was actually floored because he, Todd, worked in IT at Pottawatomie County and Tony was his fucking boss. What? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And they're both bald. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. I know. And this was ho- really bad news because it meant that Todd would have had access to the case files. Oh, shit. So the they, I know. I know. Who was Todd Butterball? <laughs> So Tony quickly hid, I don't know how you do it, but they hid the case files from Todd somehow <laughs> and then they got a search warrant for his house and would Todd not have
0: known that they're about to like catch on to him though like so let me continue
1: Oh okay, Tara. So yes I I think you would have. So Todd Todd was in IT and he knew what he was doing with the computer like, You know, it's not out of the question that he would have been able to conceal tons of IP addresses successfully, but they also asked Todd if anyone else had been, like, living with him or using the Wi-Fi as well, and he said, yeah, he had an on-again, off-again girlfriend, and she had been living at his house ever since her house burned down. What?
0: Oh, my God. So he didn't know. Like he He didn't didn't know. know. Oh my God. And
1: that girl (sighs) was Liz Goliar. It was all Liz. All the harassment. Liz burned her own house down. Killed her own animals. Killed her own animals. Stalked Dave and Amy and, well, I was going to say herself, but not really. I guess she was... She, but she did, kind of, she had to fucking keep up the ruse and message herself all the time, graffitied too. graffitied
0: her own garage.
1: Slashed Probably her own Probably scared her own children. Yes! Yes! I'm surprised at this point she didn't even, she didn't kill her own children. Right! Like, like, what, God, she killed her pets! Yes! Oh my God.
0: The fuck is wrong with people, dude? I don't know. I don't get Was it. Was the D that fire?
1: Like, uh, Seriously! <laughs> Dave. As
0: Gypsy Rose. Would say. Yeah, it's Gypsy Rose, would say.
1: Oh my God. Man, that's a case we never have done, right? I don't think we've done mm-hmm. that one. Nope. So, yeah, they informed Dave that it was Liz the whole time, and he just like, it was like, I don't even know how he felt. Dude, can you imagine finding out that it was this person that's been hanging out with you the whole time? Yeah. Crazy. Well,
0: to be honest, I feel like I would have probably known.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I would have been like. I do think, like, there's some things, like, um, I don't know, just the fact that, like, Liz happened to stumble across the writing on his wall with the slashed clothes yeah. without him around. And, like, I don't know, that kind of also, thing. Also, she make was, me like, very
0: fresh into his life. Like, he didn't yeah. know her. Right. But he was just so, like, innocent like i don't know i feel like a woman may have probably figured it out quicker
1: yeah i think you might be right no offense dave <laughs> no offense dave i'm truly fucking sorry for everything you went through oh cuz my it's god fucking crazy terrible so yeah i, I guess uh, like when they informed him of this he he said that he just went back to the back like i guess he was at work and he went to the back of his shop and just, like, wept. Like, he oh. could not handle it. And he was trying to put the pieces together. Like, how the hell was it not Carrie? Like, How did he not see her lurking around? You know? Like, we're... I don't know. That's crazy. I I, I think it was a, a little more believable. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, how, how would Carrie have gotten Liz's number? How would Carrie have gotten Amy's number? How would Carrie have gotten... Uh, Liz's address, mm-hmm. like all this kind of stuff that I don't know why he didn't think about that. And like, but like, how would he have not seen
0: her? Like, he's like looking for anyone when these people are mm-hmm. like sending messages or this person sending him messages and stuff. He didn't see, yeah, he didn't notice her
1: car around or well, part of it, I'm sure, was she was just right there with him, like hanging out with him. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, like, when they were on the ca- I know there's some, somewhere. I guess she wasn't there with him, but, like, when they were hanging out on the couch together, like, that was all just, like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. What a freak. Yeah. I can't believe it. And she does, I haven't even told you about the, one of the craziest things she did. Anyway, I'll get to that. (laughs) So, it didn't take long to come to the conclusion after this that Carrie was likely no longer with us. Oh, my God. Investigators thought that Liz probably did something to Carrie, but they didn't have any proof. But she did become the primary suspect. So the original investigators had believed Liz was the victim because it was the harassment thing. So they had actually downloaded her phone about a month and a half after Carrie went, quote unquote, missing. And when looking through the downloads, they found something that was missed by the original investigators. There was a picture of Carrie's vehicle that was taken Christmas Eve 2012 by Liz. Carrie's car was not recovered by police when they did that initial search until January 8th, 2013, which meant Liz knew where her car was that entire time and never said anything, which obviously she wouldn't, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So Carrie's car was processed in January 2013 and... Detective Doty saw that they had found a fingerprint that they hadn't been able to match previously on that mint container. And so they ended up comparing the print to Liz's fingerprints. And surprise, surprise, it was a match. Holy shit. But they still had to figure out where was Carrie and what the hell happened to her. And they felt the stakes were really high because they, at this point, they really didn't know what Liz was capable of because she's done some... Fucking unhinged shit. Oh my god. You know what and I mean? It's been
0: years.
1: Yeah. Yes. Like, wouldn't you get bored after I know! What do you do all day? Like, what do you... How would you... I, I can't. Move on. I can't keep a hobby that interests me for that long. Like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. So, the detectives decided that they are going to put a GPS tracker on Liz's car. And they monitored her GPS location at all times. And they quickly found that she was circling Amy's house on a daily basis. Oh, my God. I'm going to vomit. So now, obviously, they're extra concerned for Amy and her kids' safety. And Dave visited his kids on a Sunday night one night. He got back to his place at 8.30 or 9 p.m. And then he went into the bedroom to change. And as soon as he opened the closet door, he noticed that his gun had been moved. He was like, oh fuck, and his stomach drops.
0: 911,
1: what's the address of your emergency? I've been shot. Okay, where are you at? I'm at the park by the sheriff's department. Okay, is there any serious bleeding? Oh, my my finger leg is filled with blood. Okay. Is the assailant still nearby? I don't think
0: so. I took on brain. <laughs> Do you know who did it? No. <laughs> Do you know if was a male or female? A female. A female. <laughs> did this bitch just shoot herself? <laughs> this bitch just shot
1: herself. <gasps> yeah. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. So, Liz calls 911 after she's been shot in the leg and she says it was another woman who shot her. Jump to Amy's house, flash forward. All of a sudden, Amy hears loud banging on her door and an open up, police. And she opens the door to two officers with guns drawn. Liz told them, I know she said in that 911 call that she didn't know who did it. Mm-hmm. After that, she told them. That Amy shot her. Can you imagine shooting yourself? No. (laughs) No. No, I cannot. (laughs) How the fuck do you do that? (laughs) I don't get it. Dude, I don't don't get it. What is the end goal here? That is what I can't figure out. She is going to all these links for Dave. And they've already, like, separated, like ways now she yeah didn't tell him where she was living like i don't i don't get it addicted to drama but that's that's really severe yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's extreme i really don't understand because she could have at any point just stopped
0: well i'm just glad that she's shooting herself and not others some other person and like well well I'm sorry about her pets but like at least they're her own pets you know not someone else's but that's still still that's awful fucked up dude still
1: awful but like how do you how do you kill your own pet what happened
0: dude? to Carrie
1: uh, what happened to Carrie do we know I'll tell you we do know <sighs> so Liz is taken in for an interview at the sheriff's office once she recovered from her self-inflicted gunshot wound and detectives Doty and Avis had a plan. They were so smart. I love them because they're like BFFs and they were super passionate about this case. And they always have this like plan that they're going to do. And it's just really cute and funny. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So they were the ones that interviewed Liz and they pretended to Liz like Amy was the main suspect in the shooting. Even though they knew, good and well, it was not her. Oh my god, how fun. Yeah. So, they suspected Liz obviously stole the gun, took it to the park, shot herself in the leg.
0: She went into their fucking
1: house?
0: Yeah. And took that gun? Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. Oh my god. Ew. Yeah.
1: Kremlin. She has no, like, I mean, that's true sociopath behavior, I feel like. You have no reservations about doing anything. Anything at all. going for it. Nothing. Like, I want to know her sign. I feel like she would bomb a whole country if she could. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, what's her sign? I I do too. I want to (laughs) know. What's Liz's last name? I want to look up her birthday. Goliar. G-O-L-Y-A-R. She's a cancer? There's no way she's a cancer. Yep. What's her birthday?
0: June 28th.
1: Oh my god, she's a cancer. <laughs> oh my
0: god.
1: No shit.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. That
1: scares me. I'm a cancer. <laughs> Am I gonna snap one day? I was worried she was an Aries. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, Liz was trying to set up Amy not only for the shooting, but it also seemed like she was trying to set up Amy for the shooting to also set up Amy for Carrie's murder. So in the interview, they asked Liz if she could find anything from Amy, a message, anything saying that Amy wanted to hurt Carrie, saying that they needed to build a case against her. So they needed something like that. And Liz took the bait like an idiot. (laughs) She thought she was really smart, but the cops were way ahead of her. A couple of days after the interview, she forwarded a message (laughs) to the police quote unquote from Amy it said and it was a message from Amy quote unquote to Liz it said I shot you at Big Lake Park because <laughs> you wouldn't stay away from Dave <laughs> they ask you for oh I something have from Amy and then I have you're receipts. like oh well she just sent me something oh my god she just fully admitted it yeah you know what I have it right here <laughs> So, yeah, she's a dumbass. She kind of reminds
0: me of Taylor Parker. Yeah! With the emails that are just, like,
1: incoherent. And, and Chandler. Oh, Alderson.
0: Yeah. Oh, It reminded me of that big people. time.
1: Yeah, magically, she has a confession from Amy after they ask for one. <laughs> so, police, however, still needed more details from Liz of what actually happened to Carrie. Like, something only the killer would know type thing. Yeah. And they didn't have a body at this point either, so... Detective Avis actually had a plan, another plan. (laughs) He got in touch with Dave and he recorded the conversation and he told Dave that he would be, quote, damn near moved in with Amy at this point if he were him because of his kid's safety. And Dave was like, you know what? You're right. So he was like, I'm going to move in with them. And in the documentary, he was like, secretly, I had an ulterior motive. (laughs) And that was... To piss Liz off. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as she found out Dave moved back in with Amy, she was going to go ballistic.
0: These guys are smart. They're I just like
1: stirring the pot. I love them. <laughs> I love them so much. They're like, He-he-he-he. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just show you evidence of how Liz got pissed the fuck off. <laughs> oh my god.
0: She's still not arrested. She gets to shoot somebody, and then she gets to kill another person, and then she gets to move in with Dave and she gets to be free, and you guys aren't arresting her. There's only so much I can do if Amy's not talking to us. Still there? Yeah. Uh-huh. If she does let you know some more specifics, that's the kind of stuff that makes a case. Okay. All right. Bye.
1: What was that? It was her, <laughs> her freaking out. Oh what Because is he? Dave moved back in with Amy and they hadn't arrested Amy yet. So she called the police to Karen Why are at are them. Arrested yeah. her. Yeah. What the fuck, bitch. So then there was a huge break. Liz forwarded more messages from quote unquote Amy, and details about what happened to Carrie began pouring in. The emails seemed like a descriptor from the killer of what happened. So, the emails described how she parked in an abandoned lot and covered Carrie with a tarp and burned her.
0: So, this was all in an email? Like, what happened?
1: So, Liz, now she's, like, producing emails from Amy telling her, for some reason, what she did to Carrie. Oh, my God. I don't know why quote-unquote, Amy would ever confide in Liz about that kind of stuff, but whatever. Anyway, (laughs) it's just Liz being a fucking idiot. She described how she stuffed parts of Carrie in garbage bags and threw them away in a dumpster. And then a common theme of all of the emails was that she said that there was a stabbing in Carrie's car. So Carrie was stabbed. She likely burned her put parts of her in garbage bags and threw them in a dumpster.
0: Uh, Can you imagine being Carrie and this random ass bitch you've seen one time in your life? Right. Just.
1: Yeah. And how did she catch her? Like, I wonder if Carrie was like headed out to work or something or like. Yeah. I don't know because we don't know. We really don't know any more details than that. Like, even now.
0: Holy shit. I mean, she may have, like, even came to the door and carried it right? to the door.
1: Yeah. I don't know at what point, because Liz definitely had a key to Dave's place at some point, but I don't know when she got that, if she just, like, came in and was like, come with me. But it seemed, I, I thought maybe because it happened in the car, she was, like, on her way somewhere. Yeah. Maybe. Well, if that's even... And is Liz it true? Was, like, is it true that waiting for her to come out. Yes. So... They went back and searched Carrie's car again because they didn't look for traces of blood or anything the first time mm-hmm. because it wasn't a murder case at that point. Yeah. So they sprayed luminol over the whole car, didn't find anything, but then they started taking stuff apart, taking seats apart. The driver's seat didn't have anything, but then they took the passenger seat apart and there was a big old red brown stain mm. on the foam under the upholstery. Oh my God.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my God. This poor woman.
1: I know. And then they could arrest Liz. Good. She was arrested, and Detective Avis called Dave to let him know. And Dave was just like, oh my God, (laughs) my hell is over. (laughs) Like,
0: imagine, like, this
1: entire time, he's
0: thinking Carrie is the one responsible for doing all of this. He has this, like, terrible image of her. I know. But meanwhile, she, like, literally did nothing wrong. Nothing. fucking psychopath yep
1: like that is so mind-boggling and then imagine now this psycho has been caught and you're like i can breathe i can breathe again after two plus years but then just
0: like looking back on like carrie who that was to you because for so long for two years it's been the psycho yeah and now you're like wait she was murdered right because of well that It's not his fault, but because of him. Right, 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 This woman's obsession with him. Right. Oh, my God. Because he met Liz in the
1: first place. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, uh, his hell was going to end, and he felt super relieved, but he also was kind of like, it's hard to kind of decompress all at once, so it didn't really happen immediately. So I'm going to play you a little bit also of, Liz's interview after her arrest. Now, the reason why you're in this chair right now today is because you have a lot of questions that you need to answer for me. Did you ever see Carrie's car? Never seen it?
0: A picture of her car with her plate and her explore is on your phone. I've
1: never seen her car.
0: I never her car. You drove her car.
1: No, I didn't. I've never been inside her car. I've never even been around her car.
0: Never. Your fingerprints are in there. No, I haven't. I'm not lying. I've never been around her car. I've never even seen it. This is where I, I want you to think hard, okay? About what direction you're going here. Are you going to sit in this chair and be remorseful? Are you going to sit in this chair and be cold-blooded? Because right now, after four years... This family's been looking for answers. For years
1: and years, people have been um, sending emails under Carrie's fictitious accounts. The IP addresses show up to whose house?
0: Your house. Why would you create all these emails?
1: I haven't created any emails.
0: They're coming from you.
1: No, they're not. I'm not gonna be accused of something that I didn't do. The finger's pointing right at you.
0: I'm done talking and I'm gonna have my attorney. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm just thinking like her reaction
1: just screams guilty to me anyway. Like Oh, absolutely. And like, she's like closed off like with her like, hands folded. No no, No. I didn't do that. Ah, I, like, I, do I didn't do that. Like, that's I not never thought
0: someone would have even acted.
1: Yeah. If it's just so stupid. (laughs) She's so stupid. She's really dumb. So, yeah, Liz got charged with first degree murder and they held her at Pottawatomie Jail. The prosecution team was obviously tasked with proving murder without a body. They went through everything they had on Liz again to make sure they didn't miss something. And they went through like all the hundreds of accounts and numbers, everything. And they were really dedicated to, like, they were all so passionate about this case. Tony Kava, the digital forensics investigator, was diagnosed with a brain tumor while trying to build a case oh against Liz. He, they told him he needed surgery, but he, he told them not until after this case is done. What? Because he was so determined to, because, well, they told him that it would affect his ability to work. And so he yeah. was like, I can't until after that.
0: Is he
1: okay? (sighs) Yeah, he's okay. Okay. (laughs) At least I think so. He didn't really say anything else about it, but. He's still with us. uh, He is, and actually, he's on Reddit and commenting on posts about the new documentary. Oh my god, amazing! He's still thriving. (laughs) And also, Detective Avis's marriage started to fail because he just spent so much time working on this case. But they never quit. They went back to interviewing people, asking if there was anything else they could think of that they hadn't told them yet. They interviewed Dave again for the millionth time. And Kava asked him if he had any electronics from like around November, December 2012, when this all happened, that they could look at. And Dave was like, okay, let me look at my storage unit. And he found an old tablet that was, you know, dusty, buried, dead as a doornail. There's nothing really interesting about it, but they did find that it had a micro SD card. So they looked at it and they saw that it had been wiped. There were no files at all. But they were able to look for deleted info, which reminds me of when you were able to find <laughs> oh. deleted <laughs> photos and videos of my ex-roommate. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god. Did we talk about this? yes? We yeah, have. we have. <laughs> So it just made me think of it.
0: <laughs> I told that story
1: recently. Oh, my God. At work. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. Anyways, so, y'all, if you delete some shit off of a SD card or whatever, it's not gone forever, bitch. No. Like, just don't do it. If just you're going to do something that you're planning to delete later... Do it on your own shit. Don't do... Yeah, do it on your own shit. Yeah, do it on your own shit. And don't put it in somebody else's device. And if you want to get rid of it, you're
0: going to have to swallow that SD card and shit it out and put it through a fax
1: machine. Wait. Put it it through a A shredder. shredder. (laughs) The fax machine might do it, too. Oh, my God. So they were able to find the deleted info off this micro SD card and they were covered about 11,000 photos. They quickly noticed that there were a hell of a lot of selfies of Liz on them for some reason, which was weird because it was Dave's tablet. And from the dates on the photos, they kind of came to the conclusion that this was an SD card from Liz's phone back at that time when Carrie went missing. And so I guess she had like, Wiped it and then put it in Dave's tablet and hoped it would go away.
0: What a fucking goddamn idiot!
1: Yeah. yeah. <gasps> what is that? So they went through all the photos and there was one that caught Kava's eye. Initially, he actually thought it was a piece of wood, but it looked kind of weird. He realized eventually that. This might be skin, and it might be a foot. Oh, I see, yeah. He actually went to an anatomy book and looked up where the veins were located in the foot, and it matches those lines that are on the picture on the foot. Not the, that's obviously a tattoo. Mm -hmm. But there's something that happens after you die called venous marbling, the veins basically just become visible on the skin. It's like, you can just see them. Uh-huh. And so after that, and he was like, oh, that looks like where the veins are on the foot. He was like, I'm looking at a dead body right now. Holy shit. And there's a huge chance. That she accidentally it took that picture. Carrie's foot. Uh, I don't know if it was accidental or not. They kind of, I didn't, they didn't mention any other foot. Well. I say they didn't mention any other photos. They kind of allude to the fact that there might be other photos, but they didn't obviously show any or specifically describe any other photos. Did Carrie have that tattoo? So the foot appeared to have a tattoo on it. And so they went to Nancy, her mom, asked her about it. And she confirmed that she did have a tattoo that looked exactly like that on her foot. It's a Chinese symbol for mother. Oh my god. I know. You're done, Liz. <laughs> you yeah. are done. Well, so her defense attorney, James Martin Davis. Oh, dear. He, it was funny in this, Um, I think it was an A&E show or something. I can't remember. I think I forgot to put it in my sources. But he was interviewed and he was like, well, I requested to waive a jury trial and just have the judge uh, judge her <laughs> because they didn't have a body and I didn't want them to have time to find one. <laughs> oh,
0: very honest of
1: you yeah and he was like i didn't I didn't doubt that she was't f- I mean, she he didn't say fucking crazy, but he basically like all of everything he said, I was like, dude, I'm so sorry for you right now yeah, like <laughs> I mean,
0: this is your job, You're yeah. Just-
1: Yeah. There's not a whole lot about the court proceedings online. There's a few pictures, and I think her sentencing is available online, but there wasn't a whole lot as far as the proceedings. I know that the defense was arguing that murder might not have happened, but, of course, the prosecution also had to prove that not only was Carrie dead, but they had to prove the way she was killed, the manner had to prove premeditation, all these things that were, like, really super large hurdles to overcome without a body and... But they had a substantial amount of blood They did have that and the quote-unquote confession emails So this picture of her foot with the veins
0: all exposed and...
1: Yes, of her obviously dead at that point with a tattoo that can Mm -hmm. identify her. The judge eventually read the verdict and he said that the state had not met their burden because the body of Carrie had not been found, but this had been overcome by the overwhelming amount of evidence presented by the state, and so he found Liz guilty. Thank God! I know. I you were about to tell us something <laughs> I else.
0: I was about to slap you silly.
1: I know. They were all, like, in the um, documentary, they were like, we were about to throw up when he said that. Oh, like, my, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. So... Detectives Avis and Dodie and Kava were—they got really close with Max Carrie's son and Nancy her mom because of the investigation, and they really got to know who Carrie was too. And it was so sweet when Nancy was talking about those three; she's like, "They will always be my boys." Aww. Like they helped her out so much. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Like, <laughs> oh my god,
0: I can't even imagine that poor son.
1: Oh my god. Oh my god! Awful, awful. And like for
0: the longest time, he probably thought his mom abandoned him.
1: I know, I, absolutely, because that's what Liz told. texted from yes. her phone. To, yes,
0: and she had mental health issues, so that they were probably like, "Well, I guess."
1: Yeah. Holy shit! Fucking hell. Liz was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. And she remains at the Nebraska Correctional Center for Women. And to this day, though, she maintains her innocence and claims Carrie's real killer is still out there. Well, we know she's in it for the long
0: haul because she's all... She did all this shit for, like, years and years. For what?
1: For what? For what? For what? For what? I don't understand. I still don't understand motive. I feel like some people crave to be the victim.
0: And, like, maybe it's, like, kind of like Munchausen syndrome by proxy where you're, like, I'm being tortured by this. Like, I'm so strong. And, like,
1: I don't know. Yeah. So, she's... Oh, my God. She's fucked up. I have no idea. So, also, I wanted to mention this. So, you know Anne Rule, the Mm -hmm. author? Mm -hmm. Her daughter, Leslie Rule, actually wrote a book about this. It's called A Tangled Web. I didn't get to read it because I only found out about this three days ago. But... She said that she received letters from Liz while she's in jail saying, I'm not going to stop fighting until I'm set free and they find the right person blah, blah, blah. And so Leslie was like, well, she obviously does not take responsibility for what happened. I found this post on Facebook when I was kind of just digging around. There was somebody that posted, it was actually before the documentary was released. I think she knew that the documentary was coming out. And she was like, oh my god, guys, I knew this bitch. Talk about Liz. And she said, there were times that I would see her and she would have huge dark circles under her eyes and her hair would be all over the place. I remember walking by her in the parking lot and thinking, holy shit, somebody had a rough night. And this would have been right when all of this was going on. Apparently she, because Liz owned a cleaning company, I guess she used to clean the building that this person worked in. And... She made this comment, which I wasn't originally going to include because I didn't know if it was real or not, but I did find out that it is real. So she said, they've recently made moves to investigate her for the death of her baby in 1997. She was married during the nineties. Her newborn was colicky. She called her husband and said she dropped the baby. He came home and the baby seemed fine. So they never took the baby into a doctor. Then the next day, while he was at work, she called an ambulance and said the baby was dead. The autopsy said the baby died of, quote, shaken baby syndrome. And they went to trial and they charged the husband for it. What? According to her testimony, saying he did it. It, This is, I'm reading her typing and it doesn't make sense. But three days later, with him in jail, she was moving in with a man she had been cheating with. So I found an article about this, and so she had a baby in 1999, or yeah, it was 1999. I guess this girl got her date wrong or something, but anyway, her little boy's name was Cody Gollier. and they rushed him to a hospital when he was in an unresponsive state. So the father of the baby was not who she was currently dating, Her latest boyfriend, Glenn, discovered that the baby wasn't breathing, apparently. Despite efforts to save his life, Cody was declared brain dead, and he passed away shortly after. And then the autopsy revealed that he suffered a brain hemorrhage caused by vigorous shaking. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so the cause of death was called shaken baby syndrome. Liz and Glenn became suspects, but Glenn, her... Current boyfriend at that time, he had brain damage from something. And he kinda just it was kind of like a it sounded like he kind of went along with everything, it was just like, okay, like his mom was even like, he wouldn't have known to do anything. Like he he admitted to the authorities that he occasionally like tossed him in the air and stuff, but Glenn's mom thinks that Liz Easily, like, manipulated him into saying things or, like, I don't know. So they questioned him for a long time, and he was sleep-deprived. And eventually he conceded that he probably could have shaken him, but he didn't know for sure. And so, yeah, his family is, like, he was badgered into making the admission by the cops. Phyllis, his mom, said her son is, quote, simple and has a tendency to get confused in highly stressful situations. That's so sad. I know. During the trial, it was revealed. So, Glenn was the one on trial. It was revealed the night before Cody's death. Liz called him crying, telling him, I dropped the baby, get home. Yeah. But it was Liz's testimony against Glenn that turned the trial around. She shared that. There were seven letters she claimed to have received from Glenn while he was in jail in 1999, in May, and the letters included various passages purported to show Glenn trying to convince Liz to lie for him in court. One of the letters read, quote, As my wife-to-be, I need you to come back up here and tell my attorney that on Thursday, the 29th of February, the reason you called me back from work at 8.30 p.m., was because you had dropped Cody from about four feet, which then caused Cody to stop breathing. So then you shook Cody, not to do any harm, but to get him to start breathing again. Please. This is what will set me free because they are trying to pin it on me. I love you with all my heart and soul. But Glenn's mom has said, there's no way he would have been able to write those letters because of the brain damage he suffered as a child. Because he had difficulty reading and writing. Yeah,
0: that sounds like Liz's run-on sentences. Yes, it
1: does. (laughs) But yeah, so he was manipulated into taking the fall, and he did like eight years for it. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Or supposedly manipulated into taking the fall. So, that's all I got. (laughs) That is unreal. I know.
0: I'm so glad they got to the bottom of it and figured it out.
1: Me too. Me too. I don't wow. think there's any chance they would have ever found Carrie's body if she put her in a dumpster. But at that point, because it had gone on for years, you're right. Exactly. Fucking hell,
0: dude. That's crazy. So nuts. I can't wait to watch this documentary. So what is it's it called?
1: It's so good. It's called so. It's called Lover Stalker Killer. I forgot to show you those pictures. Oh. Just a baby. So it's called Lover Stalker Killer on Netflix. Just came out yesterday. My other sources were ABC News, All That's Interesting, The Sun was the article about the the baby and everything, which I know it's a tabloid, but that was the only thing I could find about it. And then the Case File podcast episode about Carrie Farver. Wow, That's that was a wild ride. I know, right?
0: Holy shit, people are. Crazy.
1: I know. It was insane.
0: Oh my god. Anything else now. I don't like now I understand like why you had to pivot. You're like, yeah, I, I
1: have to I had to. I was obsessed. Oh my god. <laughs> I had to. I had to. <laughs> There's no way I wasn't gonna do it. And also I thought it was a good timing to drop it near the time the documentary yeah. came out. So Well, for as little time as you had.
0: That was really, really, really
1: good. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. I've been working on it at work and when I'm not at work. (laughs) So, anyway. Holy crap. That's it. Damn. Yeah. Well, guys, it's good to be back. Yeah, I'm so glad. This is so fun. Yes. so excited to hear what you're going to give me next time. I know. I've been,
0: like... So I have been like, there was one thing that I thought that I would do, and I bought a book about it, and I'm like, I'm really interested in it, but it's not like a good story to tell. It's like just more of like maybe an anecdote. I don't know. Mm, it's yeah. I don't know. But then I I just did recently find something else that I might do. So might be a little culty. Uh, hmm hmm I like a good cult. So. like it yes i will uh, i guess we'll see yeah cool but well we're glad we're back we definitely (laughs) missed recording and missed everyone yeah i'm
1: glad my personal hell is over also yeah oh my god (sighs) mallory was seriously ill i there were seriously times when I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking I was going to choke to death on oh my, my own fucking phlegm <laughs> or whatever the hell was in my throat. Like, it Dude. was bad. <laughs> Probably should have gone to the hospital, but I, I didn't. I was like 15. I had whooping cough
0: or whoop- whooping cough oh, or yeah, 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 you say it. And I, that's how I felt. Like, my I felt God. like I was going to, like, pass away because I could not <laughs> stop coughing. Like, I, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's awful. I never want to be sick again after that. Mm -hmm. It really sucks because a few weeks before that, I was like, I want to get sick so I don't have to do anything. (laughs) And then my fucking wish came true and it was horrible.
0: (laughs) Both my son and I had the flu like right before Mallory got sick. Yeah. And it was awful, but it was quite a relief to not have to do anything for a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, I got this excuse here. I'm like running a fever. (laughs) Yeah, I can't go
1: anywhere. I guess
0: I can watch Married at First Sight for like. (laughs) Married at First Sight.
1: Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Which is wild. That's funny. Anyway. Well, if you want to check us out further, I'm going to post images on our Instagram at Rabahole Happy Hour. Yep. And on our Facebook group. Correct. Page as well. Rabahole Happy Hour.
0: (laughs) We have a. Buy me a coffee. Yes, which I felt really bad about like us launching that right before we went I know, I felt bad too. Three month break. I know. But yes, we do have that if you'd like to donate.
1: We'll put the links in the description and stuff. So yeah, we'll see you in another couple of weeks. Thank you for being patient with us. Yeah, thank you for giving us a a little bit of a a kind of a break and and sick time. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah, we'll see you next time, baby. Bye. Bye, bitch.